You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Ho, <laughs> baby. Heave away. Hey, baby, pick your poison. Frankly, they're both bangers. Welcome back to the show. It's The Big Show. In the morning, Russick and Rose. No George Russick. He'll be back next week. My name is Matt Rose. Patty Dumas joins me. We got GVP and Alex Brody in the other room running the board Today, and we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our scout on the ground in Halifax in the barn yesterday, Jason Bukula. What's up, buddy? How are you doing today? Good morning, Matty. I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. Fantastic. Excellent news. Um, I was telling the boys earlier that you gave me a call just before puck drop yesterday, and I could hear the building losing its mind. Then they were silent. And then they were very loud again. Uh, just maybe take us inside that atmosphere that we're seeing uh, in Halifax. As Canada obviously defeats the Americans yesterday in the semifinals and will play for gold against Czechia later today. Well, first of all, it, it, we have to you know compliment the city itself. Uh, both cities, really. Moncton was fantastic as well. Halifax has just been electric. Um, you know, tickets on the resale market yesterday for that game against the Americans were going for as much as $2,500 a pair to sit in the lower bowl. And I think, I think that kind of speaks to uh, the excitement, but also that, you know, the value of having this tournament in a community like this at this time of year. So um, they got off to a little bit of a pedestrian start. Uh, The Americans came at them just like we, or I certainly expected them to. They're such a quick, fast strike team. Uh, but uh, good on them that they were able to regroup, and uh, it showed a lot of perseverance. Well, the other thing about the Americans, too, is that's a group that has never lacked confidence, and you could see it off the hop. They were not intimidated by that Canadian crowd. No, no, actually. And, and you know, it's, it's a great statement by you because when they came out for warm-up, when you watch warm-up, you can almost – they had a swagger. Let me just hmm. put it to you that way. They, they, they came out and – you know, they had a quiet confidence, but they had a swagger. And, um, you know, they it didn't look good for a while. Like They've got some really high-end prospects on their team. Obviously, Logan Cooley, the first-rounder in Arizona in this past draft. And, you know, on the back end, the captain, uh, Luke Hughes uh, out of uh, Michigan. They, they had a really good team, uh, but they definitely lost um, their edge and some of their focus uh, – Midway through the first period, and of course, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about the two disallowed goals, and uh, I'm sure that affected them between the years as well. Well, I wanted to get into some of the studs for Canada, but you brought it up, so let's chat about it briefly. Two goals called off for goal interference for the Americans, and I was following along on your live blog, which I hope you're doing for today's game as well, because that was awesome. But um, can you just tell us about maybe why those goals didn't count in IHF rules? Well... The IIHF rules are, are a little bit uh, different, a lot different, actually, than what we expect here in North America. Anything inside the crease, um, even if it's off the play, like if a, if a player enters the crease area and he doesn't move uh, out of the area, the referee generally kind of barks out a command, and, and if he doesn't step out of it, they'll literally blow it down when it's like a, nothing's going on but the, the player's in the crease area. So it's kind of a shrine for the goaltender, and anytime anybody enters into that area... Um, they really, they really clamped down on 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 that type of a play. Um, I have to be honest. So, um, on the first goal that they was disallowed, I honestly didn't think that was anywhere close to goalie interference in my estimation. Um, 
I did think they got jobs on that one. Uh, but again, it's it's one of those gray areas. It's it's black and white with the double H double IHF. Like it's they just you enter into the crease, you push the goaltender, you make contact with the goaltender. They just that's just the way they call the game. The second one was a little bit more um, clear cut based on the way they call the game. Uh, but the first one, I honestly thought that uh, that that was a good goal. Yeah, and that was the one that definitely was heavily debated, we'll say. But, you know, and the, the thing that was, that as the game went on, the Americans continued to press, but Thomas Millich was outstanding. Uh, Joshua Waugh was outstanding. Connor Bedard was obviously had his hands all over this game. If you had to pick a star of the game, and I know that they picked the goaltender, who would you have picked? Would it have been Millich, Waugh, or Bedard, or maybe somebody else? Yeah, I was splitting hairs between uh, Millich and Waugh up top. Uh, I, you know, I went with Millich just, uh, he, you know, 46 shots on goal, timely saves. Uh, the look of his game last night, it's hard for me to put into words over the radio. Um, like, he's a completely different goaltender than he was a week ago. His confidence, tracking pucks, moving left to right. Um the goaltenders, this sounds unusual, but the route that they take to make a save when you're moving side to side to stop a one-timer or something off the flank, the route that you take to make those saves is very important. Like if you go directly across on a straight line, you're giving up half the net. If you come across on kind of a 45-degree angle, you're squaring up to the shooter. Mm. And he was absolutely precise last night. Like it was impressive. His low net uh, pad saves, his, he was eating pucks his secondary battle. He made a couple of uh, outstanding secondary saves. Um, Millich was the first star for me, but Josh Wall, you can't, you can't overlook it. Uh, two goals, two assists, scores on the power play, scores shorthanded, um, takes a key face off on, uh, on the Bedard goal when he drives to the net. Uh, he was all world. I mean, blocking shots on the penalty kill. Uh, Montreal's got a good one there, like a fifth-round pick that yeah. looks like he's got a significant upside. I love those kind of unheralded guys who come into the tournaments and just make a name for yourself that you kind of remember for a, a long time as they uh, continue on long NHL careers. Jason Bukula joining us from Halifax, getting set to cover the gold medal game today. My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumas. Jason, Canada's opponent will be Czechia. Uh, they met 10 days ago on Boxing Day. Czechia were, uh, I believe, 5-2 winners on that day. Uh, what has changed uh, in both teams' games as, as you've watched this tournament as the Czechs still haven't lost in this tournament in Canada, their only loss was to the Czechs, but uh, should be a great final tonight. Uh, what have you seen as changed in both teams' games uh, since they first met? Well, as far as Canada goes, let's let's touch on them real quickly. Canada's uh, settled into more of a consistent um, game plan in terms of players playing in certain roles. We knew they were top heavy. We knew the top power play unit was going to be what it was it was going to be, but you know the the middle six guys like the Goches and the Ossip Chucks and the Zach Deans, like they've settled into that um, kind of three hole, heavy, hard checking sort of secondary layer of distraction. And it's really identifiable. So now, you know, you can see how the team is, is all coming together on the back end. Olin Zellweger is playing North of, well, he's playing around 30 minutes a night, which is <laughs> insane, but that's what he's doing. Um, and then of course the goaltending's evolved um, on the Czechia side though. Not much has changed. This is a really good team. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're led by David Jerichek on the back end, who's been all-world for them. Um, Stanislav Smoville, um, you know, uh, the captain of the team, has been very good. Kulik came up with a timely overtime goal yesterday. 
I have to say that I'm expecting a little bit more from him. I don't know what he's got left in the tank because today's the last day, but um, yesterday he kind of came on late in the game, but he was just okay for long, long stretches. Um, but they got a draft eligible there. Edward Chalet, um, who's been, it's really interesting guys that when you watch kids play, like in Red Deer in the summertime with U18, the kids all world, he's, he's scoring goals. He's making plays off the rush. He's, he's dynamic on the power play. And then fast forward to this event for a draft eligible, he's chipping in a little bit offensively, but his detail off the puck and all the rest of his game has really evolved in the last six months. So it's kind of cool to watch that, uh, kind of evolution of his game. He's going to be a top 15 pick in the NHL draft. Wow. Okay, uh, their goaltender, Thomas Suchanik, uh, he's got a 130 uh, goals against and a 938 save percentage in, in, in the tournament so far, undrafted uh, through two draft cycles as well. Anybody going to sign this kid? Uh, he's currently applying his trade with a really good Tri-City American team. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The two uh, WHL goaltenders that have both gone through the draft yeah. twice facing off against each other tonight in the gold medal game at the World Juniors. So, I mean, that's a pretty cool side side story. Mm-hmm. Um, to be determined, I would say, uh, you know, from uh, the good news, or you know, from my heart of hearts, I, I would like to say that both these guys are going to get something. Um, but I have to be honest and tell you that I think at this stage, um, it's on the come see. They're more like a uh, they're like a player development or a summer development camp invite mm-hmm. for me to start and then uh, see where they would uh, go from there. But they're very similar in stature, both the goaltenders in the game tonight. Sukanik was very good last night in overtime. Like um, I turned to uh, Sam Cosentino, our colleague, and I said he he said who's going to win, it. and I said it's going to come down to the goaltender here because yeah, Limbaum was you know really good in the Swedish net. Uh, but Supanic outperformed him there in that uh, 10 minutes and made some really big saves. So um, we'll see. We'll see. It's a nice story, though. You're, you know, it's, it's, that's what's so fun about this tournament, guys. Like, you know, they get the lightning in, the, in a bottle, and it's, it's fun to watch. Jay, uh, prior to the tournament, we had talked about the amount of 2023 draft-eligible players that were actually at this tournament, and it was a, a large amount compared to some other past years. And you already talked about Edward Saleh that plays with this Czech team. You got Bedard, you got Fantilli, um, th- just the start of it, Dalibor Dvorsky. There's heaps of them. They were playing at the tournament. It's it's kind of tough to change your draft stock at a 10-day tournament, but did anybody maybe solidify your analysis uh, maybe on some of the players at the top? Well, Leo Carlson yesterday mm-hmm. um, for Sweden, you know, if you look at how the Swedes deployed their lineup yesterday, even in the overtime, they sat down some first-round NHL picks, uh, and, and Carlson was out there every other shift taking over, you know, puck possession and doing some some really good things, big body. Um, I think he's – there's nothing that has gone sideways with him. He scored two goals against Finland in the semis – or in the quarters, pardon me, and, um, I mean, he's he's still – right there at two or three, uh, depending on what people are thinking on Fantilli. So I think the top three is pretty consistent for right now. Um, but, you know, there's a kid that's playing in, uh, or played for Slovakia, pardon me, that's really, really surprised me. His name is Maxim uh, Sturbeck. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he's playing in the United States Hockey League for Sioux Falls. This kid, uh, depending on what, you know, you're reading and believing, you know, people have him in the late second to early third. He's a mid-second-round pick after this event for me. Um, I don't want to put too much stock in it, but 
uh, he overvalued himself in terms of, of what he his team expected him to do. Like he was when Nemich would be, would get be in the penalty box or the second round or pardon me the second overall to New Jersey, the captain of their team, he would be the first guy where the boards on the on the penalty kill in his spot. So Maxim Sturbeck is a name to keep an eye on, a uh, two way transitional defenseman. Right, we love a good sleeper around here. Uh, wanted to ask you as well about the two Flames prospects in the tournament. Uh, I would say medium results for William Stromgren, the Swedish forward, and maybe a, a tough showing for Topi Roni uh, of Finland. Yeah, I think that you're bang on there. Um, Stromgren's going to obviously benefit from the uh, the longer run here, um, right to uh, you know today playing against the Americans. Stronger has been a depth guy. He doesn't have any points through the uh, six games so far. You know, the thing with Stronger at 6'3", 175, you're hoping that, you know, he's going to fill out and he might just take a little bit longer. And the good news for Flames uh, people who are taking note is that he's, he's got a four-year window to develop uh, since he was drafted in 2021. So uh, we'll see where that goes. He's a depth prospect for me, though. I don't want to sugarcoat it for you guys right now. Like, I don't want to overhype it. Um, Topi Roni was a disappointment. Um he started out the uh, the tournament, you know, playing 12 to 14 minutes, and by the end of it, he was playing uh, below 10 minutes, uh, no points in five games, limited handles, um, played the game fine. He was responsible in all three zones, but um, he was just a guy, if that makes sense to you yeah. guys. Like, he just kind of was – he was just a guy. So I was hoping for more from him, and uh, unfortunately it didn't materialize, so he's got to go back and regroup. So how much of this tournament is talked about with January scouting meetings? Because this is something we wanted to talk about going back to your days with the Florida Panthers, their uh, director of amateur scouting. It's that time of year scouting meetings. Everyone gets together and, and kind of solidifies the game plan for the back half of the year. Can you just maybe let us inside as to the tone of some of these meetings and maybe how much just play at the World Juniors gets brought up in these type of things? Well, so there's going to be two sets of meetings that are going to start in January. Obviously you have your amateur scouting meetings and a lot of the teams have already started those. Uh, and then you're going to have your pro meetings at the end of the month with uh, detail leading towards March and the trade deadline. There's a lot of pro guys that were at this event. Um, so there's two, two, dis- two different discussions going on. Depth chart value on the pro side, um, you know, guys that have been previously drafted, how they're tracking, especially pro scouts who don't get to see the European guys as much, except for big events overseas. So there's that side of the ledger, like teams were going to start to build out depth charts based on what they saw from previously drafted players. On the amateur side, we really key in on obviously the free agents, the uh, draft plus twos, the mm. uh, the guys that we might not see quite as much uh, in Europe because their club team, for whatever reason, they, they, they just kind of sprung on the scene, you know. Um, an example of that is the Gayon kid, uh, the goaltender um, from uh, Slovakia. Like he was, he was uh, an anomaly until this tournament. So um, you put a lot of value in it. But I want to say this: draft eligible players in this event, it's traditionally a very difficult environment. So for me, I would always temper um, our group's negativity towards a player hmm. uh, following this event. You have to put it in perspective. You have to kind of take pause and uh, and it'll take a, look, a longer look like to the U18s in the, in the spring, which will be way more important for the draft. I'm intrigued by these meetings because as we kind of talk about them a little bit more, I start to wonder, like, are these 
do they usually have an, an amicable mood or is it maybe a little bit more contentious because you got a lot of people who are working for the same team and trying to win one title, but at the same time, probably some different methodologies, some different ideas on how the team should play, how different scouts or prospects have played. How have you maybe felt the mood in those meetings in the past? Oh, it's been wide ranging. I have to be honest. I mean, a lot of it depends on what's your, uh, how the NHL roster um, or how the NHL club is, is performing because strategically you can start to take, depending on what your draft capital looks like, especially for my job, you can strategically start to plot out a plan for this back half of the year. So if you're a director of amateur scout in the NHL and you're a lottery team right now, that will have an effect on how you're going to plan your travel in the back half of the year. Uh, you're forecasting that I'm going to be, you know, in this draft slot. So I need more eyes on a guy um, from 15 in the draft down to, mm. or pardon me, up to one, for example. Um, on the pro side, um, like it, it can get more contentious at this set of meetings on the pro side than the amateur. I don't find that my amateur staff were like, uh, this isn't the hill I'm going to die on in January on this <laughs> player. They're they're kind of they're kind of waiting to, to pounce on me come come spring meetings. Um, but on the pro side. Uh, depending on how the big club's doing, um, the, this this set of meetings here uh, it can get a little moody. I, I don't think anybody's surprised, and we've said it a lot leading up to this draft, but I don't know how many teams are going to be eager to move out their first-round pick for the upcoming draft, even if it's expected to be like a bottom-five selection in the first round. Would you agree with that? Do you think that sentiment still stands? No, yeah, I, I, I think the appetite to do it is very minimal. Only Stanley Cup contending teams um, are probably going to be more willing to do it, but you have to. You have to. Again, there's a little bit of perspective there because if you're a team that's uh, from 25 to 32 uh, in the draft, like a really high-end team that's contending, you know, I value that pick differently um, than than it says it's a first-round pick, but when you're in a deep draft, I value the pick at 28 the same as I value the pick at 38, if that makes sense. So. Sure. I might I might be better off saying that I want two seconds or I want a first and your second. Um, there's a little bit of a strategy that's going to have to go into that. I don't see anybody, especially teams that are, you know, just barely getting in playoffs or anything like that, and they think, you know, they're fooling themselves, thinking that they can go on a run and they're like, geez, we can give up a first rounder and maybe we can get a couple of rounds out of this. In this draft, I think that would be irresponsible. There's just too much quality. Are you doing the live blog this evening with uh, Rory Boylan over on Sportsnet.ca for the gold medal game? We are. Yeah, we're going to. As far as I know, uh, it's been a busy morning uh, with a lot going on. But as far as I know, we're doing it. And uh, it was kind of cool, actually. I don't know. I have to be honest. I don't know how it was received. um, But hopefully it gave uh, some people uh, an extra little look into what's going on in the rink uh, with an eye on their TV as well. Well, I, I found it very interesting to kind of find what you were watching versus maybe what I was seeing and, and just being able to look down during a, an icing stoppage or a commercial timeout. And, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was great with all the lines and the pairings and all that type of stuff. So uh, a hat tip to you. and looking forward to following along later today. 4.30 is when Canada will go for gold against Czechia. Uh, thanks a lot, Jason. Appreciate it, man. Of course. Anytime, Matty. And take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. Uh, and uh, go Canada. Let's see him. Yeah. Hey, baby. <laughs> I want to know, will you be my girl? Jason Bukla uh, joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar <laughs> guest hotline.
as uh, we kick off hour three of the program. And always love when Book stops by. Oh yeah, uh, obviously tons of insight uh, from one of the one of the best uh, to do it. Uh, just one of the great grads from Sportsnet. Good, good on you. You don't yeah, love yeah, I, the the reviews on the Flames prospects. No, but <laughs> that's been that was before Bukla. Yeah, <laughs> too. Yeah. So that's fair. It's, it's not like it's something new, but it's uh, uh it's it's before Bukla. Like it's a it's a valid point on Strongbrin, who's yeah. the Swede. He's six three. He's, he's brought big, in to do a role, and he's got some years to fill out before you have to even worry about signing him to an yeah. ELC or rights and all that type. Toby Roney's a little bit of a uh, scary. That was a second round pick. That was like a that's yeah, your first like a that was your first, first selection pick, in yeah. that draft because yeah. you traded the first to get Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, and then your second was Toby Roney. Yeah. And it hasn't really panned out necessarily. Yeah, I know he's had a, a tough transition playing uh, with the uh, between the. I think he's been floating between the the, the junior in Finland and uh, and, the, and the senior side as yeah. well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hopefully there's something you can find uh, down the line here. I mean, he's still young in his development, but uh, you really want to see your prospects for if you're a fan of any team do well uh, on this tournament because we don't really have uh, many chances to see your prospects play. Uh, before they eventually especially get to your team, the Euros, right? yeah, especially yeah, a lot of European prospects as well that you don't get to see, and uh, this is the tournament you get, you, you really the only time you get to really see them. So a uh, little disappointing with to- uh, I shouldn't say little, that's a lot disappointing I think with <laughs> Topi Roni. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of room here to mm-hmm. kind of even things out, and there's the 59th selection mm-hmm. in the 2022 draft, and. And honestly, you go back and doing a, a quick look. I don't know if there's anybody obvious that stands out like, around oh, him. They should have taken yeah. this guy who's Too lighting it up, yeah. right? Too soon to tell. Um, the Canadians did take Lane Hudson, who's that pretty dynamic defenseman for the Americans at the tournament. Mm-hmm. But then again, at that point, did they need a forward or a defenseman? Or eh, it's irrelevant. They yeah. took Toby Roney, and you hope that things can start progressing up. But if they don't. Oh, well. Uh, mentioned Jake DeBrusque uh, injured during the Winter Classic. Uh, uh, he's, note during the break? Yeah, uh, he got, uh, he's got. he been placed on LTIR. Uh, so he has to stay on there, I believe, through February 2nd. I believe that it is. Uh, he also injured his hand, I guess, uh, oh, during that game. double injury. Yeah, Ooh. so uh, on top of the fibula, the hand is messed up. So uh, not good for Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, uh, certainly isn't. Um, I'm just trying to check here. The Boston Bruins... Very little cap space and have not been accruing daily. So right now, Cap Friendly has them expected to only have $250,000 in space at the deadline. <laughs> so <laughs> as much as everyone's like, hey, go get Bo Horvat if you're yeah. the Bruins, you got to move some money out first. Mm-hmm. And granted, they've got they got a lot of guys kind of in that middle that's, you know, Thomas Nosek makes $1.75 million. And between him and Jake DeBrusque, there's another five guys that are making between 1.75 and $4 million. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the Bruins end up doing, but that's a tough one too, because you're expected to get him back in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So you can't really go out, make a deal and then activate him in the playoffs. Once the cap is irrelevant, but interesting little note, uh, the Bruins are an absolute wagon. Yeah. They've only lost eight times this year. They have 63 points already. And another, uh, they a- have a one hundred, they have 100 more Winning percentage points than any other team in the league. They have eight, yeah. like eight seventy three, <laughs> and next is Carolina with like a seven eighty three or something like yeah, that. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Uh, they did uh, they did pretty good there uh, with the start, and uh, you know that start will help them with the injuries. Uh, another before we get to Ross Tucker here, sure. uh, some good news this is from uh, Dove Klein, uh, Dove Kleiman of uh, on Twitter. 
uh, covers the NFL. Uh, Demar Hamlin is awake and showing signs of improvement, according to his teammate uh, uh, Kyir Elam. Uh, so we'll uh, that's some good news as well. Excellent, excellent mm-hmm. news. Um, yeah, because this weekend is going to be kind of weird watching football. A little bit, knowing what happened on Monday and it being a primetime game and everything. But um, nevertheless, mm-hmm. really uh, great to hear that signs have continued to be positive. For DeMar Hamlin. We will talk to Ross Tucker around the corner as we roll on. Uh, Just a half hour left. Mm -hmm. It's a big show in the morning. It's been a fun return. I'm having a lot of fun. Hope you are too. Right here, Sports on 960 The Fan. Welcome back. It is the big show in the morning with Russick and Rose. It is our final segment of the day. Hope you're uh, getting set to have yourself just a a lovely Thursday. Uh, Typically, we'd see a little bit of football today, but being the final week of the NFL regular season, action not getting going until the weekend, a couple, a couple of tilts. Saturday night, a couple of kilts. And then uh, Sunday, a full slate of games. Uh, we're joined by Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, uh, joining us down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Westwood One, Even Money Betting Podcast, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You name it all, you can get Ross whenever you need him at the, at just at your fingertips. It's that easy. Good morning, Ross. How are you? Awesome. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good, man. We're doing pretty good. Um, I want to start here um, just to kind of deal with the the, the DeMar Hamlin situation. Um, the Buffalo Bills just tweeted this out five minutes ago. I just want to read it verbatim. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. Grateful for the love and support we have received. It's been a very trying time. As someone who played in the league, I guess, how have you just gone through these past few days? Um, yeah, I mean... Monday night was really rough because you're sitting there with my wife and my mom's texting me and, you know, my favorite team I played for was the Bills. Yeah. And, you know, you're worried about, is this, is this young man going to die? And so it was very, very, very nerve wracking, concerning. To be honest, you know, you, you always pray for or at least I did before every game to stay free from harm and not have any serious injury to anybody out there on the field. Cause you know that there's always that possibility that something could happen that really greatly affects the rest of your life. Right. You know, we've seen guys get paralyzed. I never knew this was a thing. Like, I didn't know about this cardiac arrest and um, in talking with some doctors about it, I'm coming to realize just how, how rare it really is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, never thought of it as a player. I guess I'll think of it now. I'll look at it differently when a guy falls down now, um, watching games. Right. I mean, it just, I think we all will a little bit. Um, and I think like everybody else just been waiting sort of with bated breath for any report, like the one we just got and the one, neurologically intact is uh boy that's big i mean that that is Mm -hmm. big because i know there was a lot of concern that perhaps even if he lived that maybe you know maybe there was brain damage there so 
um, just because of how long he was out. So it's it's tremendous, tremendous news. Um, happiest I've been all week. Yes. Okay. Great to new, great great news for sure. Um, as we look ahead towards this slate, it's got a lot of busy games, and I don't want to talk about how the Bills and the Bengals game. It's an important one. We'll see what the NFL does with it. That is in their hands at this point. Let's focus on Week 18. There's a lot of big games, uh, including one Saturday night. Um, have you been? And Frank, I asked this to Patty Dumas earlier, uh, our, my co-host today. When was the last time you were excited for a Titans and Jags game? And he said, well, he still isn't. But are you excited for this Titans and Jags game coming up Saturday to decide the division and a playoff spot? Oh, I definitely am. Yeah, I definitely am. I, you know, any type of win and you're in situation, I am just a huge fan of, right? Like that is the essence of the sport. Do I think either team's going far in the playoffs? No. <laughs> but especially for Jacksonville, it would mean a great deal if they were able to win that division in Doug Peterson's first year after the Urban Meyer debacle. That game, I mean, Jacksonville is going to be hopping Saturday night. That game is going to be amazing. A chance to win the division, host a home playoff game, and then who knows, you know, at that point, you know, we've seen stranger things. I think it's probably unlikely but they can maybe win a game or two the way Trevor Lawrence has been playing. So, you know, there's a reason why we love game seven in hockey, right? Like there's just nothing like it. This is kind of in the playoff games or like the last game of the regular season, winning, you're in, losing, you're out. That's as close as we get in football to a, a hockey game seven. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun to watch that one for sure. That's going to go Saturday night. Um, also intrigued to watch the, the battle. They're not playing each other, unfortunately. But um, what could we see as, as the Packers and the Lions? Now, these two teams are playing each other. Four and a half point spread. This is another one where if you win, you got a chance to get into the postseason. Another exciting contest here between Detroit and Green Bay. Yeah, you know, it's weird because um, if the Seahawks win in the afternoon, then the Lions are eliminated. So I'm a little surprised that the NFL did this like this. Mm. That said, and I do think that would be deflating for the players, um, for the Lions. But I can just picture Dan Campbell being like, listen, guys, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're we're out. Um, We're not going to the playoffs. But you know what? Neither are these guys. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I can I can just picture him already motivating his team to knock off the Packers and go out there ticked off. Um, you know, get, go out there ticked off if um, you know if they're if they're eliminated. It should be an awesome game. One way or the other, I think the Lions will come to play. Ross Tucker joining us as we are wrapping up the big show in the morning in Sports at 960 The Fan. My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumas. A month ago, maybe it wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, you know, this should have been the Eagles division and conference, but now we're into the final week and the Cowboys still have a chance at the division and the Eagles have a chance to not even be the top seed as the Niners and Cowboys still have an outside chance as well. Uh, you're close with the Eagles. What's the feeling in town as uh, we still don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play uh, what's the feeling around uh, the old city of brotherly love as the Eagles get ready uh, for a very big game against the uh, the Giants there on Sunday? 
Yeah, you know, um, people are sort of um, nervous, I think is the right word. There, there's a, a level of uncomfortability because of what's happened the last couple of weeks and Jalen Hurts' shoulder injury and not having locked up the number one seed. I think people just want to see Jalen Hurts go out there, look healthy, get a lead, get out of the game, Eagles win. I think people will feel a lot better if they get the win, obviously, they get the number one seed and Hurts, you know, doesn't take a lot of shots or hurt his shoulder even more. But there's another part of it, too, which is kind of like they haven't played their best in recent weeks. Yeah. So I, I feel like people also want to feel feel like they're back to being the dominant team they were for most of the season towards the end of towards the end of the year. You know, I think they feel a lot better about the playoffs if the Eagles look good on Sunday. How are you playing the spread in that one? Uh, Eagles 13.5-point favorites. Uh, don't know if the Giants will be running out their full uh, slate of roster, but uh, obviously the Giants being big rivals with uh, the Eagles, uh, kind of in a similar vein to Detroit, want to kind of mess with Philadelphia as they go into the postseason. How are you looking at that spread at 13.5? You know, I, I have a tough time betting too many of these games where there's so much uncertainty in terms of the playing time for the starters, you know, Uh, I can tell you this much. I wouldn't lay that many points with the Eagles. I mean, whether it's the Giants starters play a lot, a little, not at all. I'm just, I'm not laying that many points the way the Eagles have looked as of late, because also the Eagles aren't trying to win by three touchdowns. They're just trying to win. So you wonder at what point, you know, maybe they pull guys. So I could only lean towards taking the Giants and the points, but there's enough uncertainty to that one that I'm staying away. Okay, okay. Uh, now, uh, the the NFC South was decided last week with uh, Tampa Bay waking up in the second half. Tom Brady uh, doing what Tom Brady does best, finding Mike Evans three times uh, to give the Bucks uh, <laughs> begrudgingly their a- the NFC South crown uh, despite not looking all that great at various points of the season. But once Tom Brady's in the postseason, anything can happen. Do you feel that way still this year with the Bucks? Not really, no. Okay. I just don't. I can't. I mean, look, I wouldn't be shocked out of my mind if they beat the Cowboys, which can you imagine? Oh can you God. imagine if the Bucks are the four and they beat the Cowboys and the Cowboys still don't it would win happen. a playoff game it could this totally year? Happen. I mean, that would be unbelievable. But the Bucks just haven't been good this year. I mean, they beat the Panthers on Sunday yeah. when the Panthers, for some unknown reason, let them throw the ball over their head to Mike Evans three times. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of these good teams are going to let that happen. So the Bucks still are not good. I don't think they'll win a playoff game, um, let alone multiple playoff games. That would really surprise me. Wanted to ask about the AFC East as well. We know the Bills are going to win that division, but, man, I wish we had a Patriots-Dolphins game coming up on Sunday. That's not the case. The Dolphins will play the Jets. The Patriots will play the Bills. Do you think a second AFC East team could sneak into the postseason here, Ross? And if so, which one do you see it being? Yeah, I think they could. Um, I don't know. I mean, this whole Bills thing... Mm. Uh, with DeMar Hamlin, it's really hard to know what to expect from them on Sunday, right? Like, 
this positive news is a really good sign. Do they come flying out and destroy the Patriots, or has the distraction been so much that they don't play that well? I know I don't I don't feel real good about the Dolphins with it looking like Skylar Thompson might get the start for them again at quarterback. It's uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's a decent chance the Steelers make the playoffs because Bills beat the Patriots, Jets beat the Dolphins, Steelers beat the Browns, they're going. It's hard to believe. I'm really intrigued by the Bengals-Ravens battle for the AFC North crown as well, but it, it's similar ilk. You just talked about the Bills. We don't know what to expect. I'm not too sure what to expect from the Bengals as well. And like we, like I said off the top, we still don't know what this game is going to mean because it kind of depends on what the league decides for the Bills and the, and the, and the Bengals' result, right? Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, I am of the mindset, why should the NFL even make an announcement ahead of time? Right? Like, leave it out there that they don't know what they're going to do about that game. Mm-hmm. Everybody plays their Week 18 games with the possibility that they play that game. So you kind of, if you're the Bills, you got to play your starters because there might be a, a, a quote-unquote Week 19 game against the Bengals. Yeah. So, because otherwise, if the Chiefs win – on Saturday, and you're the Bills, and you know that they're not going to replay that game, it's going to be a no contest, then you're not going to play your starters. So I think the NFL is actually better off if they have everybody play without knowing what they're going to ultimately do with that Week 19. Because also, by the way, Mm. let's say the Chiefs win and the Bills lose, then, there, then there's a lot less reason to even play that game. Or let's say that happens and the Bengals beat the Ravens. Yeah. Then there's a lot less reason to even reschedule that game. Yeah, then you could just kind of put it as a draw and, and move on to the postseason rather than have to jam this game in and try and make a couple of big playoff teams play a couple of short weeks going into the postseason. It's going to be really intriguing to watch, but uh, it's it's a great point. But I, Patty Dumas, one more on uh, the yeah, big game on Monday as yeah, well? Yeah, I don't know if you got to read on uh, Monday's uh, college football playoff national championship. Uh, TCU playing in their first national title game going up against uh, the vaunted Georgia Bulldogs. Got to read on that one for Monday. Well, I mean, I would love if TCU oh, won. God. Yeah, me that too. would just be a remarkable story. That'd be amazing. I think we all kind of love the underdogs. Plus, they didn't even win the Big 12 championship. Exactly. They lost that game. <laughs> so, what, what, like, if they lose to Georgia in a close game, it's got to be the best season ever for a, a team that didn't win anything. I mean, they, they, they wouldn't have won any championship, yep. but they've gotten as close as you can get in every way <laughs> without winning a championship. So, I'm, uh, I'm certainly hoping that that they go ahead and they 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 win that'd be amazing i don't think it's going to happen i mean you know tcu is not recruiting the same caliber of player as georgia very impressed by tcu against michigan but you know you get two pick sixes michigan fumbles on the one they weren't really the better team Football Saturday, football Sunday, and if it tickles your fancy, football Monday as well. Should be a great weekend. Uh, Ross, where can we find your content? And also, I meant to ask you this. Did any of your family members cry when you got them the uh, news story? Nice, nice. 
You know, honestly, the best bet is just to follow me on social media, whatever you're on, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, IG. It's at Ross Tucker NFL, no matter which one you're on. I know everybody's got one that kind of they favor. And then I actually just got a video, uh, two videos of people getting the MyFrontPageStory.com. It's amazing, man. I mean, people are so blown away that it's even a possibility to have a story written all about somebody. It looks so cool. And then when they actually read the quotes, they're typically overwhelmed with emotion. So if you had a birthday or anniversary coming up, or even if you just want to be an all-star and get ahead of, uh, get ahead of Valentine's day, my front page story.com is where it's at. Ross, always appreciate the time, man. Uh, enjoy this weekend. Hey, absolutely. Likewise. See ya. There Thanks, you go. Buddy. Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, Westwood one, even money betting podcast. And like he had, and like he said, uh, check him out on Twitter. It's where he has all of his stuff, and he's just a great Twitter follow as well. Absolutely, sharing the the spreads. I should have asked him what game he's on this week. He took last week off. It was the only week, uh, only week of the year he had off during the uh, football season. I wonder what game he's working. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's always he's always tweets out the the spreads that they got mm-hmm. at yeah. the stadium, and cakes the, and the, the treats, drinks and. and, and mm-hmm. What a, gig. what a gig. Not a bad work. Yep. Good work if you can get it. You yeah. just have to play in the NFL for, for a few years. A few years. Yeah. And, and play, then play continue to yeah, be at a high level. Yeah. It's just the NFL. It's not that hard to make. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweats profusely. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we move on, mm. uh, 4.30 today. Canada, Czechia. Mm-hmm. Fired mm-hmm. up? Yeah, man. This is... it's been, I uh, didn't really follow much through the group play. Uh, picked it up here in the knockout stages. Uh, but this tournament... Uh, through all the through all the 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 the, the bad that's been happening um, in the world of sport lately, and then just just seeing what what this this tournament has done, uh, seeing that crowd, I'm excited and like I do cheer. Like yeah, I love I love seeing a neutral in this in these tournaments. Like is Czechia's first time being back at the gold medal games since 2001. They won that tournament, uh, beating the Finns in the final, I believe. So yeah, I'm excited, man. I was so viciously sick on Boxing Day. Like, just uh, an <laughs> awful stomach bug that yeah. I've somehow caught, like, on the ODR or something like Bummer. that on Christmas. And I was just in awful shape. Mm-hmm. And then the Canadians lost. I'm hoping for a much better afternoon than I had on Boxing. Yeah, you know what? I, you know what? Like, it's... I, you want a competitive game. That's all. I just want a competitive final. I think it final. will be. I think it will be, too. And I, and I shout out, like, just the, the rebirth of uh, Czechia and Slovak hockey over the last few years has been amazing to see so i came in and we did the team canada rosters Mm -hmm. it was sloppy but we did it yeah we got through it yeah um i was talking to another friend about this over the holidays and my idea which it's not my idea i've seen it out there before but you know with everything that's going on in russia they dealing with their own stuff but do a canada usa best of three do a Sweden Finland best of three, mm-hmm. and maybe even find a way to work in Czechia and Slovakia. Okay, a best of three, mm-hmm. and then somehow the we'll, winners come out, make a little round robin or something like that. I don't know. I I, I think we just we. I I initially thought Sweden Finland Canada U.S. But after this tournament, I'm going. Maybe you do have to include the Czechs and the Slovakians. Yeah, like, uh, the, and they've got a lot of NHL players. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Slovaks have gone through. Like they've had. I mean, they've lost Chara over the few over the years. Hosa, 
they've lost Hall of Famers. Yeah, but, uh, I mean it's it's led. You know, Uri Slavkovsky's coming up. Uh, Simon Nemec is coming they had up. Back to back, first and second two picks, picks in the draft. In. So yeah, but no, I, I any any time you can just just do a best on best. It doesn't matter how. I, I don't want Team Europe. I don't want Team North America. I don't want an under twenty one team or under twenty three team. I just want the best on best. Let's go. Um, yeah. The Slovakians don't have as many NHL players. No, they, they're... Thomas Tatar and Adam Rizicka. No, the, the Slovaks would struggle for sure. Juraj Slavkovsky. Yeah. Anyways, a uh, little bit of an idea. Uh, 4.30, mm-hmm. Canada, Czechia. 12.30, if it tickles your fancy, Sweden, USA. And there is no relegation game today as Latvia has relegated Austria down to Group A, I think they call it. Yeah, and no surprise there. Yeah, no surprise there. No, not nope. at all. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a wash. <laughs> so we'll see someone new next year, and that's always fun. Yes. Um, all right, that'll pretty much do it for us. First show back. Pretty good. Not bad, right? We one, got through the whole show. One more day All of go. our guests joined us, didn't curse. Not bad. We'll be yeah. back for a Friday show as well. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot planned. A lot of hockey. We're going to be setting up Flames and Islanders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That game going on to the Dome before the Flames head out on a little roadie. Yep. And uh, fired up for that game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So we'll get you all the latest. We're going to try and get a play-by-play voice from the Islanders on. Mm-hmm. See if Willsey will join us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll also break down the gold medal game as well. Of course. So don't miss it. And if you missed today, grab the podcast. Google, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. And as someone asked earlier, yeah, you can get it on AOL, AOL, AOL Live. AOL Blast. Or Bing. <laughs> you got to search. You really got to look for it, but it's there. Talk to you tomorrow, friends. See ya.